This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. Last month, we talked about creating new patterns rather than falling into old habits for the holiday season. The season for me was wonderfully rejuvenating. I arrived home from India and just finished three weeks of Panchakarma, which is a preparation, cleansing, and rejuvenation process of ongoing transformation for months afterward. I feel better than ever. I would not have had this experience had I done things as I had in the past during the holidays. I also enjoyed time having Ayurveda treatment, and I'm ready for the great year ahead. Supporting our students in the 400-hour Ayurvedic Health Counselor Certification Program will be a fun addition to our work this year, and we have a 200-hour yoga teacher training starting in only a few weeks. This group includes students from the U.S., mainland, Germany, Switzerland, and Sweden, as well as a few students from our island, Kauai. And now it's 2016. The new year has begun. We had so much fun in 2015 with lots of new things, and it's fun to look at the year ahead. The start of the year is a time when many people make resolutions. What are your thoughts on resolutions? We use the word resolution to approach something with determination, something that we make a decision about. And this definition of it sounds pretty good, but really often our energy is actually going in another direction. For example, our inner self may not be convinced about the change and is holding out in old thinking, creating resistance to move forward. For example, you might decide that you're not going to have refined sugar anymore. But there's part of you that's still saying, oh, but I, ha I need this and this and this and this and I'll have refined sugar in them. And so you set up this battle inside. Intentions are a little different. Let's define this as an aim to go in a particular direction. When we set intentions, there's an internal energetic shift that resolutions don't necessarily have. And this gives us the opportunity to bring long-lasting results by setting our intention and moving in that direction. Setting an intention and pointing yourself in a direction allows for progress rather than just looking for an end point. You know, I'm going to lose this much weight or I'm never going to have sugar again. Hmm. How can one be sure their approach is one of intention and has the internal energetic shift that gives the opportunity for long-lasting results? Well, it'll feel clear It'll feel easy and smooth inside, even if it, on the outside it doesn't go quite like you planned. And you'll see an open door ahead of you instead of looking at your life and seeing some doors closed as if you're missing out on something. What are keys to cultivating intentions? Clarity about our priorities in life and then sticking to them. If we don't have clear priorities, we won't direct our energy, and then we often don't get the 
things we want in life. But working with clarity around our priorities on an ongoing basis makes life really interesting and fun. How do desires fit into this? Sometimes people think that in yoga we are not supposed to have desires and that it is more spiritual to act like you don't want or need anything. That's an interesting one. You know, desires are a natural human emotion. Trying to suppress them or attempting to not have them really doesn't work very well, and it goes against our nature. Where we get into trouble is our attachment to the results of those desires, including when and how often a change takes place, for example. And that attachment is the part that we need to let go of to be happy. Desires, you know, we have the desire for spiritual growth. What if we didn't have that desire? So desires are not the issue, but it's our attachment to them that is. Yes. I can think of many times where I had a desire, and later I could see how having achieved that desire it wouldn't have been the best thing for me. And then sometimes I have a desire and what comes is even bigger and better than I imagined. That's how Ayurveda and yoga feel in my life. They're a big wow, creating more and more changes in myself and those around me. Non-attachment to the outcome and timing are important. I can relate to feeling much more free and relaxed when I can trust that I'm taking the necessary steps and that the rest will unfold as it's meant to. That gives us freedom and makes life interesting. The intuitive energy practice has been a significant contributor to my ability to practice non-attachment, and it is a practice. Let's do a guided meditation to create our ideal and aim in the direction we want to go. I'm thinking specifically of the practice we do with mock-ups. Then we can talk more about tools from Ayurveda and yoga to assist us with these new beginnings and change. A mock-up is a model, similar to when an architect makes a model, or it's often called a mock-up, of the building that they're going to design. We all do this energetically throughout life. Most of the time, it's unconscious. So in this practice then, all we're talking about is bringing consciousness to what goes on inside of us. Let's do a short meditation to do just that. Close your eyes and sit with the spine upright. Sit in a chair on the floor or against a wall as you need to. Focus on your breathing for a few moments. Slow it down, relax into it. Be aware of your breathing and your breath coming from inside of you. Now bring your attention into the center of your head. To find the center of your head, draw a line between the eyebrows straight back and from the tops of your ears straight across and where those two lines cross. And just let your attention rest there. And this is your place 
a place of neutrality and even-mindedness for you. Imagine a rose out in front of you, and we're just going to use this rose as a neutral symbol. And let's make it sticky. Take that sticky rose and run it right through the center of your head and let it collect up any static, anything that isn't you, any chatter that's been going on there, anything where you're judging yourself. Collect all that up and now put the rose out in front of you at arm's length and destroy the rose, either by tossing a little bomb at it or lighting a match and dissolving it completely. Now with your attention at the center of the head, create a grounding cord from the base of your spine to the center of the planet. Hook it into the center of the planet and turn it on release. Flip a switch and let go. Be willing to let go of anything that's not you or just anything you're ready to let go of. It'll all get recycled back where it came from. From near that center of the planet, bring earth energy up through the bottoms of your feet, through your knees and hips, and down your grounding cord, creating a connection with the earth. And then reach way out into the cosmos, bring bright, sparkling cosmic energy in through the top of the head, down the backside of the spine to the base of the spine, picking up about 10% earth energy and bringing this mixture of cosmic and earth energy back up the front side and let it run right out through the top of the head like a fountain filling up your aura. And your aura is the energetic bubble around your physical body. So this is you grounding and running your energy. Now I'd like you to just Imagine something that you'd like to create in your life. It can be a small thing or a big thing. And now create a rose out in front of you. Just imagine it out there. And if you don't see anything, it's fine. You don't have to see things. Just imagine it. And let this rose now become that thing you'd like to create in your life. And let's start to put all of those characteristics into the rose. Put in all the qualities that you would like it to have. This is your mock-up. Put in as much detail as comes to you. And now as you're ready, let's give that rose a grounding cord to the center of the planet. Connect it to the center of the planet and then release out of that rose, that mock-up of yours, any fear and anybody else's energy. 
Notice how the rows might change. And now give your rose a gold sun. So just imagine over the rose a bright gold sun. High vibration energy. Put in there any qualities you might like to have in what you're creating in your mock-up. And then bring that gold sun right into the rose. And then now as you're ready, snip the stem of the rose and let it go right out to the universe so that it can come back to you. And now create a gold sun over your own head. And let's put in that gold sun the energy of clarity, intention, gentleness, peace, self-love, and love of the divine. Pop a hole in your gold sun and allow bright gold, high vibration energy to pour right in through the top of your head, filling up all the cells of your body. Soothing each of those cells, filling up the space between the cells. Filling up your grounding cord. And then filling your aura, the energetic bubble around your physical body. And then as you're ready, open your eyes slowly and take some deep breaths. Let's take a break and when we come back, we'll explore how Ayurveda and yoga assist us with new beginnings and change. An Ayurvedic approach to healing guides us to our natural state of health where we are free of symptoms and illness because we have addressed the underlying causes of imbalance. In Ayurveda, we look at the whole person, not just a body part. Physical health is not separate from mental and spiritual health. Practicing Ayurveda can help you find balance to feel whole and healthy. Our support goes far beyond addressing your physical ailments. We'll show you how you can experience greater balance in every aspect of your life. With the help of Skype and phones, you can have a health consultation no matter where you are. Purchase your consultation online at hollypule.com and send us your questions at hashtag AskHollyPule. That's hashtag ask, H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E, -E, on Facebook and Twitter. We're back. We've been talking about setting intentions. You guided us through the process of creating a mock-up, which can be done with any topic, any time, and not just at the beginning of the year. In life... We're either creating or we're just following along in life. 
we might as well be conscious about what we're putting out. And then that way we attract what we really want. Let's talk more about tools from Ayurveda and yoga to be conscious on our path of transformation and change this new year, and any time really. Awareness of the gunas, or the energetic aspects of nature, is a very important tool. And in fact, it's one of the most important. We've discussed the gunas in a number of our past episodes, and including the one on the senses and disease. But let's have a brief reminder for this conversation. Tamas is the darkness. It's heaviness and sadness, dull and negligent. Too much tamas leads us to hopelessness, clinging. But tamas is also our sleep, so it's just not all bad. Rajas is activity or movement, and too much of it leads us into disturbance and nervousness and hyperactivity. And too much rajas also leads us back in the direction toward tamas. But appropriate amounts of rajas and with the right intention, it guides us towards sattva, which is the light. It's balance and harmony. Sattva is upward moving. It's clear. There's contentment. It's things that inspire us to spiritual pursuit. It's when we're cheerful and forgiving and when we're flexible and quiet and peaceful. Sattvic choices cultivate more sattva in our mind and body. Can you provide examples of sattvic choices? Having fresh food, lightly cooked that's easy to digest, for example. Or choosing to meditate for 10 minutes in the morning instead of watching television. Or being kind to someone no matter what they're doing. Mm. And honoring the natural urges of the body, including using the bathroom or letting out a sneeze when needed as well. Right. Those all support you on your path. Another important tool to maintain clarity is to relate your actions to the results that you're experiencing. And this connection is significant in all areas of life. This is where our daily wellness journal is so helpful. You can find it in the Conscious Living section of our blog, The Library of Self-Healing. The journal guides you to see the connection between your actions and experience and then supports you to make different choices in life. The Wellness Journal has you look at what you eat and what you practice, including all activities related to your wellness and to your relationships. That's an important note, relationships, because relationships are, are, are our opportunities for growth. Exactly. Relationships are our main tool for growth and joy in life. As we grow, we have a greater ability to make the changes needed to follow a path that's fulfilling for us. And I keep using this term, grow. And the thing we really have to remember is that that growing is really uh, removing the parts of us that are not 
truly us so that we can see who we are, so we can realize that we're already that eternal spirit and that incredible thing. It's just we get confused about that. Mm. Family relationships are a great tool for growth, for sure. Yeah, we need to be aware of our behavior in any relationship and the results that we're getting. If you ever think you have a problem with someone, remember it always takes two to tango. The Wellness Journal helps us see our part, for example, where we are or are not taking care of ourselves or being responsible for our actions. And we have to learn how to be honest in the Wellness Journal. Sometimes some of us you know, have some tendency not to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we forget the steps that we take to get to a certain point, and the journal will help with that clarity, uh, particularly when you review it for yourself or with a practitioner, for example. And you mean all sorts of relationships, correct? Romantic, business, family, friendships? Yes, they're all there to enhance our spiritual nature. And it's really a matter of our attitude and our willingness to look at ourselves honestly. The yamas and niyamas in the yogic tradition assist me to assess my behavior thoroughly and to keep focused on what I desire and also aware of the steps I need to take. I'll give some background on the yamas and niyamas. In Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, one of the primary yogic texts, there are eight limbs described that are the things that we have to do to take us uh, to a state of yoga or union. In other words, getting to that eternal spirit that we are. The first of those limbs is the yamas, which encompass how we conduct ourselves in the world. Ahimsa, often described as nonviolence, is the first of the five yamas. And it means that we act with kindness and respect and consideration. These are big factors in our relationships. The second limb is the niyamas, which are related to how we treat ourselves, essentially. There are five of them, and they include purity, contentment, and our contemplative and devotional practices, which are also very important in our relationships. If I'm not treating myself well, then I'll not be able to do so very well with others. And it seems the more I practice these principles of yoga, the more I just know and have that sense what the next right thing is. They connect us with our truth. Some additional tools that encourage growth and new beginnings are pranayama and meditation. The mental clarity and focus they bring supports clarity and the ability to make choices that keep us conscious. The more conscious I am about where I am going, the less likely I am to detour and follow distractions that are unrelated to what I truly want. I feel better when I am aligned with my priorities, and pranayama and meditation have been a great gift. Practiced correctly, they enhance our vitality and provide us with strength and energy to walk through life with ease. Pranayama can bring balance to the doshas and it helps to heal body tissues, the organs, and nerves. 
However, if pranayama is practiced incorrectly, it can cause imbalance in the body and in the mind. Because of this, if you're looking to develop or expand a pranayama practice, it's best to work with an experienced teacher. We offer consultations that we can tailor toward a pranayama practice, either setting you up or enhancing your practice that you're currently doing. And we do this via Skype, FaceTime, phone, or in person. Keeping the doshas balanced and your system clear of om or toxins allows you to show up in life in the best possible way. Excess rajas or tamas distorts the function of the mind and clouds sattva, clouds the light. And that affects our relationships and our ability to achieve our mock-ups in life. I see this really often in clients today, especially with excess vata. Imbalanced vata will have you jump from one thing to the next, dabbling in many different things without depth in anything. And I see this so often in people with yoga practices. This lack of depth, though, also shows up in our relationships. So for the best results with the new year, and life in general, get clear about what you want. Point yourself in that direction, and then let the practices of Ayurveda and yoga support you on your path. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Myra, and thank you everyone for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach to bring balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our Trodoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.